Hey there, I'm Rianne Mullins, and I'm the host of the Balanced Fit and Free podcast. 15 years ago, I lost 65 pounds by revamping my lifestyle in a very realistic and totally manageable way. Now I teach other women how to ditch the yo-yo dieting cycle and start living a balanced, fit, and happy life through real food, effective exercise, and a powerful mindset. Each week, I'll be popping into your ears to teach you how you too can live a balanced and fit life free from unrealistic diets and crazy expectations. Let's go. Hey, hey, everybody. It's Coach Ryan here with the Balanced Fit and Free podcast. I hope that you are doing awesome, and I am so happy that you are here. Today, I want to discuss letting go of what is no longer serving you and taking a leap into something greater, maybe even the unknown. So this episode is for you if you are someone who wants to live life to the fullest, if you're someone who is ambitious but maybe has some doubts and fears around truly living at your highest frequency and at your happiest self. If you normally listen to this podcast, then I think that that is you. So I was inspired to talk about this today for a couple of reasons. First, I recently read a book by Gay Hendricks called The Big Leap. Have you heard of it or maybe have you read it yourself? If not, I highly suggest it or at least listen to this whole episode and part two as well to get some good tips. And secondly, I also wanted to talk about this today because I've been personally experiencing some serious urges or desires to change something. In fact, I've been feeling this way for about two years. And if you listened to the last podcast, um, I think you got that hint already. <laughs> I can't say that it's all because of COVID or the changes in the world, but maybe, I mean, maybe it is. No matter what my reason or why I'm feeling this way, I knew it was time to start evaluating my life, my business, my relationships, and even my clothes and personal belongings. I even started wondering if this was like the famous midlife crisis. I don't know. I mean, maybe it is. I'm not really sure. It doesn't matter why. It just is happening. Anyway, if you too have been feeling a little off or out of alignment, then I want you to really hear what I'm saying today and truly take time to evaluate your own situation and circumstances and choices to see where you too can let go and take a big leap. Today, I'm just going to cover four key ideas, okay? And then next week, I'll finish up with a couple more ideas and some more tips, okay? And all of these tips and ideas are really here to help you live your happiest, most fulfilled life. Okay. So most of these ideas are covered in the book, The Big Leap, but I'm going to give you my two cents on them as well as the authors and a few examples. I hope that you'll listen and take some time then to evaluate if or how these concepts are working in your life too. So the very first thing that I want to talk about may sound a little weird and you may be like, what? But it's very common. And this is it. Most people resist being happy. Can you imagine? Let me just seriously ask you. Can you imagine a single day without complaining or feeling negative about something? I mean, really, like how often do you complain? or think negative things, or wish things were different? Is it daily, hourly, maybe several times an hour? 
And I'm going to go ahead and assume that, yes, probably you do have some things to complain about. I'm sure you complain because even the most positive and happy people still complain about something. But truly deep, deeply happy and fulfilled people complain a lot less. Humans are really not good at feeling good or being at peace. We're problem solvers. And when there isn't a real problem, we are great at making one or finding one. We all say that we want happiness, so why is it that we shy away from it? Maybe it's because we're afraid of reaching our full potential, maybe. Or here's the thing, if you do reach your full potential, then there is no more excuses for not making your dreams come true. Okay? I here's the deal. I personally complain. I mean, I try not to complain a lot, but I do. Like I'm not like immune to this. I have a good friend that I complain with. We use Marco Polo, you know, the video messenger app on your phone. Well, we send each other messages letting like, you know, kind of letting out our frustrations. We complain or vent about work, our husbands, our body, whatever. For me, it's just a safe place to let out my frustrations and it's actually very helpful. So it's kind of like saying what's on your mind and getting it out there and being done with it. And that's what we use this Marco Polo for. It's really kind of fun too. We also talk about fun things, not always just complaining, but it's a safe place for us to do that. But sometimes I even wonder if I'm actually using it too much and still complaining more than I'm acting. Okay. I just wanted to share that with you because I don't feel like I'm an exception to this concept and I'm absolutely working on it. Okay. So the first concept, the first thing to think about is most people resist being happy. Okay. The second concept I kind of want to bring about is that, and, and by the way, these concepts are coming from the book, The Big Leap, but it's funny because before I even read it, a lot of this is stuff I've already been thinking and noticing and really been interested in researching more. So anyway, um, the second concept is many people believe they only deserve a limited amount of happiness and they tend to sabotage themselves when times are too good. Okay. So not only do people want to resist happiness, but when they are starting to feel happiness, they feel like they only deserve a limited amount before they start like sabotaging. This is called upper limit mindset. This mindset is where you start to feel really good and confident in one area of your life. Let's say your job, okay? You're getting a lot of work done. Your boss is loving you. You're being promoted and you're totally killing it in that area. That's when you start to feel a little uncomfortable about all the happiness and success. Okay. You start to think, hmm, something's got to happen. Like, why are things feeling so good to me? Like, what is going on here? So you start to create stupid obstacles and drama in your life to bring yourself back to normal or to a more suffering state. Okay. It's important to note here that this can all happen subconsciously. It's not like you say out loud to yourself, hey, self, you're feeling too good. Let's find something to ruin it. It's not like that. It happens deep down and usually we aren't even aware that we're doing it. Okay. So to continue the example, let's say that your job is going amazing. You're happy. You're fulfilled. You're making money. You couldn't imagine another job. So then, you know, the subconscious part of you is like, alert, alert, alert. Why are you so happy? Why are you so happy? <laughs> so you start to notice how annoying your husband is, or you start to focus on all the stuff that your husband does to upset you and make you feel bad. You focus on past experiences and comments from the relationship. 
you basically create or find a problem with your marriage because you feel unworthy of happiness and success, right? You self-sabotage yourself because of this upper limit mindset. Okay, of course I'm just using this as an example. It's not my personal life at the moment, but I've been there and I've witnessed many other people doing this, especially with their marriage. Okay, and this is so common. So I'll tell you what, I can think of several specific situations in my life where I've done this. It's actually quite a pattern for me. I did it, a big example would be I did it with my fitness studio. Now, I know that I have brought up in this whole podcast and different episodes my fitness studio. And can you tell it was a major thing in my life, right? It's still something I talk about. So clearly it was a major um, moment timestamp in my life. Okay. So anyway, I did this upper limit thing with my fitness studio. When I first opened it, I struggled to get it going. It was so hard to get members. I mean, it really was one of those situations where I was like, I will build it and they will come. Well, they did not come. All the people I totally thought were going to be like immediate clients and members never came, like still never did. So I struggled. It was hard to like actually get members and it was hard to actually make money to pay the bills and actually make money to pay myself. Well, then guess what happened? I worked on it. I worked hard. I, you know, I started creating systems and I started marketing well and I started to get members and filling up the classes and actually started making money. So what did I do then? Well, I self-sabotaged, of course. (laughs) I started seeing how much time I was spending away from my kids and husband. I started to create a really big issue at home in my head. I started feeling like I was a terrible mother and I was a terrible person, a terrible wife because I spent time trying to build a business and it was wrong of me. I was a terrible person. This was all in my head. Now, you know, looking back and now that I understand this concept more, I can fully see that I was in an upper limit mindset. And instead of working through it, I shut down my studio to prove myself right, that I didn't deserve to live my dream, that I wasn't good enough, that I couldn't succeed. And again, this is all subconscious, you know, at the time, but learning to be aware of this concept now can really help you going forward. Okay. It's certainly helping me. And please know that, yeah, there's nothing we can do to change the past, but when we learn these kinds of things and we learn to be aware, we can absolutely change our actions going forward. So just take a second to scan through your experiences and see if this is something that maybe you've done yourself. It really does seem like a crazy concept. I mean, why would someone not want to be their happiest, most fulfilled self? Well, you know, here's the deal. It probably comes from how you grew up. Someone unintentionally put this on you. Many of us watched our parents struggle either with money or relationships or substance abuse or weight gain or medical issues or whatever. So we grew up thinking that that's what we are supposed to experience too. Now, of course, that's a very general statement and not true for everybody, but it's a quick explanation of why we don't feel like we deserve happiness. It's our parents' fault. (laughs) Uh, Just blame your parents. (laughs) Just kidding. Sort of. Um, Okay. So next up, the third concept I kind of want you to consider and to think about today is useless worry consumes most people. And guess what? It's totally okay to let it go. As you know, there's a lot 
of stuff in our world that distracts us. I mean, we have these crazy phones that totally consume our life. We have the news and a million different opinions around the news. We have Netflix, Hulu, HBO, all these Apple TV, all these things. We have a million books. We have a ton of podcasts and so much stuff is vying for our attention that it's easy to let our mind get into overload. And this overload of information can lead to confusion, distress, and useless worry. So when you're truly seeking happiness in this short lifetime, you must keep your eyes on the prize or on the road ahead. When you let all these opinions consume your mind, you'll be full of worry and angst. When you start to notice yourself worrying, please try to learn to stop yourself immediately and ask yourself if it's true. Is what you're worrying about true and real? Or are you spending too much time worrying about something totally out of your control? And if what you are stressing over is out of your control, then you need to figure out your best way to let the worry go. Okay, so here's here's a personal example. You know I love to give you guys personal examples because A, it's great therapy for me. <laughs> and B, I just want you to see that everybody, everybody has these things, right? And I just want to be really open and honest and real with you. Okay, so this is a silly example, but it's just something that's currently happening. So two weeks ago, my cat, Chloe, went outside like she normally does and has not returned. I have been just sick with worry. I mean, did she get eaten by a coyote? Did she fall out of a tree and break her legs and can't get home? Did a hawk grab her and kill her? Or did a hawk grab her and drop her from really high in the air and paralyze her when she hit the ground? Or is she stuck in the drains in our neighborhood where they filled it in to change the drainage system? Or maybe she has a new home and hates me. My brain has been all a flutter with useless worry. And I finally realized it. I was feeling sick to my stomach for days when I finally realized that I have no control over what happened to her. And it's not my fault that she's gone. So I have made the conscious decision to stop the useless worry. I have said a prayer and I've decided to let her go. Since I've decided that, I've noticed that my stomach isn't hurting quite as much and I have more peace. Okay, so do you see how crazy my brain went? I mean, I was like laying in bed at night thinking of all these horrible things that could have happened. I have no idea and there's nothing I can do to change it. So I have to let those feelings and those thoughts and those images get out of my head. I have to let it go. So, but here's the thing. If you are worrying about something that is in your control, then you can take action, any action towards helping with the issue at hand. Okay, so to continue my example, when I first realized that I was freaking out about the cat, I mean, of course, I knew I was freaking out about the cat. When I realized how much it was really physically affecting me, I understood that I was feeling worried because I did feel guilty for letting her outside. Okay, even though she's always been an indoor-outdoor cat, I had this guilt around knowing that that was always an option, that she could disappear or get hurt or eaten or whatever the situation was. but it really made me feel at fault, you know, that, that she disappeared. And I did admit, you know, I felt like it was me, like it was my fault, even though I'm not the only person that lives in this house, (laughs) still my fault. Anyway, before letting my worry go, I took action. 
what was in my control? What could I do that was actually in my control related to my cat disappearing? Well, I knew that I could reach out to the neighbors to see if they had seen her. So I posted it in our neighborhood, like homeowners group, um, and posted a picture of her and asked for help. And people have been amazing, by the way. And then I checked the animal shelters and I even went on a really long trek in the woods behind my house looking as far and wide as I possibly could. I took action, the best action that I knew I could take. And it helped because I knew that I had done my best to help, you know, try to find her or to solve the problem at hand. Okay. So when you're worried about something totally out of your control, you've got to just flip your thinking. You've just got to let it go. But when you're worrying about something that you do have a little control or you have something that you you are could possibly help, then taking action is going to take away some of the worry. Action always cures fear and worry. Okay. So it's also important to point out that we worry about the most, what we worry about the most is oftentimes not even a real problem. Okay. We are awesome in making up terrible stories and little mini movies in our heads. We have to learn to just stop the script. So I'm serious, you guys, if you could be in my head and think of the images and thoughts I've had about this cat, it's ridiculous how much I've just tortured myself over it. I mean, I've got to let it go and I am doing just that. Okay. All right. And and so I just want to ask you really quick, what are you worrying about? Like what today have you been worrying about? Like, think about it. Are you worrying about something? Are you worrying about I don't know. Like, I mean, another thing I could be worrying about is my daughter's flying home today from college. I mean, I could spend time worrying about, you know, the plane or I could worry about all kinds of things, but you just can't, just can't. If we worried about every possible terrible thing that could happen in the world, we would be paralyzed by fear. Okay, moving on. Um, The fourth thing I wanted to talk about is this. True success and happiness comes from your zone of genius. So it's critical to find what you love to do. So let's first talk about what it is by zone of genius. Like what do I mean by zone of genius? And by the way, again, this is the concept I got from the book, The Big Leap. Well, the, the zone, of, zone of genius is when you're doing something that you really love and you could do it for hours and hours and not even notice the time going by. So I love to write emails and podcast scripts. And I love researching topics and ideas. I love psychology. And I could just do this for hours and hours. And by the way, you know, when you do things like this for hours and hours, you might even forget to eat. You might forget to stand up. You might, you just get into this zone of genius. Okay. So I love, love working on wellness plans and figuring out how to make someone see their life in a different way. Okay, so if you're not feeling like this about anything in your life, it's time to start finding it, okay? There's got to be something that you love to do. It doesn't have to be your career, by the way. It could totally be a hobby. So, for example, my husband absolutely loves to brew beer. He likes to drink it too, but he really especially loves to brew it. He can spend hours and hours researching little knobs and valves to fit on his brew system to create different results. He can spend hours reading about different hops and how to incorporate them into his next brew for different flavors and styles. I mean, it's not his job at all, but as soon as he's done with work, his actual job, he goes to the garage and dinks around with his brew equipment. It's his zone of genius. 
And it's important to know that you don't have to actually be a genius or expert in the area. You just need to love it and want to spend your time on it. And it's also, you know, you you know your zone of genius when it's something that you could talk about for hours without having to, um, you know, look at notes or like you could get up and talk about it to like your whole group of friends or in front of people because you just love it and know it and just love to do it. Okay. So I used to feel this way. My zone of genius was, you know, writing out fitness classes and practicing new moves. I would spend hours coming up with new workouts, writing them out, planning them into my calendar and when I was going to do them, um, seasonal workouts, like different boot camps. I'd come up with different themes. And I mean, I bought all kinds of like information on how to do different exercises. I spent a lot of time and money and energy creating workouts. And when I had the studio, I would go on Sunday afternoon and practice step aerobics or learn new moves with the kettlebells or the TRX or get on a spin bike and try to make new routines to specific songs. And I loved it. I loved every second of it. Well, after teaching classes and spending a ton of time constantly thinking about exercise and teaching exercise, like 28 years almost, (laughs) I finally felt like I reached a point where it was no longer a challenge or no longer really that interesting to me. And I never in a million years thought that I would feel like that. So I started, um, you know, teaching classes more on autopilot. And that's when I knew. I knew the moment when I could teach a whole entire class and not even really remember doing it or not really feeling that like little flutter inside my belly anymore right before teaching that I knew my zone of genius had changed or just shifted a little bit. I still love to exercise and I still love to come up with routines. Um, I still love a lot of it, but now it feels more like work and not just fun. So I knew it was time for me to make some changes. And so I've decided to stop teaching and training my fitness classes online. So if you didn't see the news, I have packaged up over 160 videos and have them on sale for an amazing price. I I had all these videos and even though they're not professional and they're not super fancy, they have some awesome workouts. I mean, hours and hours of workouts. So I packaged up these so that somebody could like purchase it and spend an entire year doing my workouts. It's you could do three workouts a week, brand new workouts, three workouts a week for one year. And the funny thing is, is there's still hundreds more videos. I just picked 156 videos to be like the year of training. And then I threw in some bonuses. But by the way, if you're interested in this, Um, it's going to be, it's on my website. It's there. It's going to be, you know, available anytime. You don't have to start at any time of the year. It's literally written. So whenever you start, you start day one, whenever that is, it doesn't have to be January. It doesn't have to be June. It can be whenever. Anyway, I did put in the show notes, a link if you, um, to the information about it. So if you want to check that out, definitely do that. Okay. So as far as the zone of genius goes, it's really important to find one, to really have that deep, you know, happiness and feeling of satisfaction and fulfillment in your life. So really think about it. Like, what could you do for hours? And, you know, if it's something that you love that you could actually turn into your career, even better. 
you know, and but then some people also like to keep their thing that they love, love, love separate from their career so that they don't ever feel like they get sick of it. Um, for me, I was really fortunate for a really long time that that, you know, my zone of genius and skills and all that were also my income. So anyway, all right. So today I want to go ahead and end there. Your homework, you know, I love to give you homework. Your homework is to just consider these ideas. Are you resisting happiness in your life? Really? Like, do you think you have to struggle or suffer to be successful? And is that something that maybe, maybe you're doing and didn't even realize you're doing? Or are you experiencing any of the upper limit mindset? Are you thriving in one area of your life and completely sabotaging your full potential of pure happiness in another? And do you know when you're in your zone of genius? Do you have that thing that makes you tick, that makes you feel like a fulfilled and genius human? And finally, what useless worries are swimming around in your head making you suffer? What can you let go of that's out of your control? And if you are worrying about something that is in your control, what action can you take today to ease your worry? As always, I am so grateful for you being here today and listening. I hope that there was like at least one moment that struck you as interesting and made you go, hmm, huh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to continue this conversation. And just so you know, a lot of this information did come from the book, The Big Leap. Okay, and I'm just throwing in my own examples and my own thoughts on it. But next week, I'm going to go ahead and continue some of the key ideas from the book and give you a couple more tips. Okay, until then, I hope that you have a lovely week. Thank you for tuning into the Balanced Fit and Free podcast. I'm over here giving you a virtual high five. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss a single episode. And if you are looking for a crew of amazing women who are also seeking a balanced fit and free lifestyle, be sure to join my exclusive community on Facebook. The link is waiting for you in the show notes. Until next time, keep your thoughts positive and your coffee hot. <laughs>